Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Let's take our Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 12, the book of Acts chapter number 12, and we're going to look at a passage that I love this passage. Uh, we're going to walk through a uh, larger section of the Word of God, then come back, and we're going to give you three points at the very end. Uh, but try to stay with me as we walk through. Verse number one, let's look at it. 12, 1, the book of Acts. Now about that time, Herod, Herod the king. Now, uh, a, a note on the side, don't get mixed up about which Herod this is because there's a whole lot of Herods in the Bible. Uh, this isn't the Herod that was killing the kids when Jesus was born. This isn't even uh, Herod Agrippa that said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And uh, it, it's not that one. There's a whole lot of Herods. In fact, uh, Herod the Great, uh, way back the head Herod, it's a family name, kind of a title name, uh, was a builder. Uh, he's the one that built the Herodian. He's the one that built uh, Masada. Uh, he was also a little bizarre because uh, he wasn't a Jew. He was an Idumean, which uh, Jacob, Esau, uh, Jacob turned to Israel, Esau, uh, the Edomites, the Idumeans. Uh, he was uh, of that lineage. So kind of a cousin, kind of a cousin to, to the Jews, uh, but infatuated with the Jews in so much that he married a Maccabean princess, Mary Amni. Uh, Mary Amney was one of his eight wives, and so that old show, Eight is Enough, it wasn't about his kids, it was about his wives, uh, and so uh, one of his eight wives, uh, she was one of the six that he killed. You see, not only was he a builder, uh, he also was uh, a little bizarre and, and also very brutal. Uh, Mary Amney, of course, after he killed her, he felt bad about it, he built a tower in Jerusalem called uh, the Tower to Mary Amney, uh, but they had a child, Aristobulus. Uh, and Aristobulus was one of 15 kids that he killed. I'm talking about uh, not just a builder, bizarre. Uh, he was also brutal. But uh, before he was killed, he was married, had a child, uh, and that child would be named King Agrippa. Now, Mary Amney, before she died, uh, in fact, the Caesars, uh, it was such a brutal bloodbath, uh, this family, that, that they said it's safer to be Herod's sow than it is to be Herod's son. Uh, it's safer to be. And so uh, Mary Amney saw all these wives dying and then all these kids dying. Uh, she took her grandson, uh, King Agrippa, and sent him back to Rome for safekeeping. And of course, uh, she died and then Aristobulus uh, 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 died, uh, uh, sent her grandson uh, to, to Rome. Uh, he became good friends with Coagula. Uh, and and, and uh, that's a whole other story of brutality. Uh, but when he came to power, he sent his good friend, King Agrippa, uh, back to Jerusalem uh, in order to rule that area. It's that Herod that we're talking about. I'm not sure that cleared up anything at all for you because uh, we're going to see more of them coming along. But, but uh, now about that time, Herod, uh, Agrippa I, the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church and he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. Uh, some say, history says, he was cut in half. I think Hebrews 11 references it as he was sawn asunder. But uh, either way, dead, killed uh, by this king, Herod uh, Agrippa. Uh, and because he saw it pleased the Jews. Uh, he was always infatuated, all of the Herods were, with the Jews. And 
uh, the blessings of God on the Jews. In fact, uh, that he, he even was circumcised. He kept a lot of the rituals uh, of the Jews. But uh, because uh, Mary Amney was his grandmother, he was only half Jewish at the most. Uh, and so uh, he was still not fully embraced by, not fully accepted by, by the Jews. And so uh, here he is. He, he uh, killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. Uh, and because he saw it pleased the Jews, hey, this is a way for me to get in good. Uh, this is a way they're accepting me finally. Uh, he proceeded further to take Peter uh, also. Now keep in mind, uh, Peter at this time uh, would be at hero status. Remember Cornelius chapter 10 and then uh, Peter explaining that uh, in chapter number 11. And now uh, when Herod is killing James and now he's taking Simon Peter, because he saw this is really uh, pleasing the Jews, these Jews that, that, that are trying to put down this uh, uprising of a sect of the Jews, they thought. Uh, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in a prison, Peter, and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him. Usually the worst criminals uh, only had two. Only had two. Uh, here Simon Peter had four intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people, uh, or intending after Passover uh, to bring him and kill him in front of all the people. Uh, Simon Peter would have known what happened to James. Uh, Simon Peter would know what was lying in wait for him. Uh, the church knew, because in verse 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer, say that, but prayer, say that, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church. Peter's in prison. Uh, people are praying. Peter's in prison. People are praying. Uh, I, I kind of wonder why they didn't pray for James. Did they pray for James? Well, what a difference it would have made uh, if they had prayed for James. Uh, and so here, uh, Peter's in prison, uh, the people are praying, the church. Uh, and when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was, circle that in your minds, uh, he had a peace that passed all understanding. You talk about a, a calmness, he saw James died, and uh, he knew his neck was next on the block. Uh, uh, soon he was going to die. Uh, it didn't disturb him that much. Uh, Peter, in the midst of all of this, was sleeping between Two of the four soldiers bound with two chains, uh, and two more of them were keepers before the door that kept the prison. And so Peter's in prison, people are praying, uh, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side. I always think that's interesting that, that he poked him on the side, trying to wake him up, uh, poked him on the side. Uh, I think it's interesting because angels... One angel, on one night, with one poke, killed 185,000 Assyrians. Back with Hezekiah, uh, back with Isaiah, uh, and, and the Assyrians that were coming on. And one angel, one night, killed 185,000 uh, Assyrians. So I think he was probably careful with how hard he poked Peter. Just kind of a little nudge, just a little nudge. Uh, and so uh, he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And so he did. Uh, and he saith unto him, Cast thy garments about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him. I, I love this story, this passage, uh, all of it. Peter's in prison. People are praying. Uh, an angel shows up and breaks him out. Aren't you glad? 
Uh, an angel shows up and turns that around, uh, an angelic jailbreak that happened there. Uh, look at verse 9. And he went out and followed him. And here it is, don't miss this. And wist not that it was true which was done. Well, he wasn't believing, he was in disbelief. Uh, he didn't have a great amount of belief. He wasn't praying for this to be done. Uh, he was sleeping, and uh, when it was happening, he wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision, dreamily, uh, in disbelief, yet uh, departing from his detention. It's interesting to me uh, that, that Peter wasn't praying for this. Peter uh, wasn't uh, even believing about this. Hey, Peter thought he was dreaming, thought he saw a vision, just kind of uh, wist not that, 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 that it was true, which was done, thought he was dreaming, thought he uh, saw a vision. Verse 10, when they were past the first and the second word, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of its own accord. Uh, this was before uh, the, the, the garage door, Genie uh, automatic garage door opener. It was before that. Uh, this was more Jesus' automatic garage door opener right there. Uh, the angel opening it of its own accord. They didn't have to push it. Uh, they didn't have to open it. Uh, they just walked towards it. It opened up. Uh, and they went out and passed on through one street. And forthwith the angel departed from him. Uh, and when Peter was finally come to himself, after all of this, he uh, was dreamily doubting. He thought he saw a vision. He, he, he uh, wished not that it was true which was happening. He simply thought he was dreaming. He wasn't believing. He was in disbelief. Uh, but then, uh, after all of this, when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Don't miss this. Right, dreamily doubting, yet departing. Uh, he didn't have a great faith as he was following. He didn't even believe he was sleeping. In fact, uh, he wished not, he uh, wished not, he uh, believed not uh, until after it was done. And then he said, now I know, now I know. Look at 12. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Uh, some um, think that this was the upper room uh, where uh, the, the, the Lord's Supper was, was for the first time uh, given. Some believe uh, this was that same upper room where uh, the 120 were praying. For, and we don't know that for sure. It's kind of subjection about that. But, but, but it's interesting that uh, Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, uh, where many were gathered together praying. And so these are the people that were praying for Simon Peter to be released. Is everybody with me on the story? Peter's in prison. Uh, people are praying. The church is praying. Uh, he's released. He, he was doubting, doubting, uh, disbelieving. And then uh, after he was let out, now I know of a surety. Hey, I'm going to go to where the church is, where the church been, has been praying. Uh, God deliver Peter. God deliver Peter. And as Peter knocked at the door of the main gate, verse 13, a, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And Rhoda was so shocked. Uh, Rhoda was so blown away. Look at verse 14. Uh, and when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness. Uh, if you want to compare that to the first gate that, that opened of its own accord. Uh, and now there's an attended gate. Uh, Rhoda was attending that gate, uh, and that gate didn't open. I like the fact that 
uh, God doesn't need man to open the gate. And sometimes when there is man, that gate still does not open. And so uh, Peter doubting, but following. And now uh, Rhoda, so shocked, so uh, shocked, uh, 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 she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. Uh, Rhoda's almost like Simon Peter, not the same, but uh, almost like Simon Peter, where she's dreamily in disbelief. She's dreamily in disbelief, opening not the gate. Uh, she ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate 15. Uh, and they said unto her, now keep in mind, this is the church, the people that are praying, God deliver Peter, God deliver Peter, God deliver Peter. Uh, and then Rhoda comes in and says, God delivered Peter. And they said, no, he didn't. Uh, go, go away. We're praying that God would deliver Peter. God deliver Peter. Uh, look at it. She ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. God answered your prayer. No, he didn't. Uh, and, and they said unto her, say it with me, thou art mad. This whole story is just, to me, uh, an entertaining uh, story. And a lot of times I see myself in so much of the story where uh, they're praying, God delivered Peter, God delivered Peter, God delivered Peter. Rhoda said, hey, God delivered Peter. No, he didn't. Uh, let's go back to praying, God delivered Peter, God delivered Peter, God delivered Peter. Uh, it, it speaks to me of a group of people uh, that, yeah, they may have a little faith. Uh, Simon Peter not believing he was sleeping. Uh, Rhoda uh, not opening. Uh, and here the church, uh, yeah, they were praying, but, but they're not believing. Look at 15. And, and they said unto her, thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Believe me, it's true. Believe me, it's true. Uh, then they said, it is his angel. It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished that God would answer their prayer. Uh, they were astonished that they got what they were praying for. Uh, they were astonished. It speaks to me of all three of these groups, yes, moving in faith, but not much faith. All three of these groups were, were blessed by God, uh, delivered uh, their faith, their faith, but, but they didn't have much faith. The church was praying, but, but not expecting. Simon Peter was following, but, but, but kind of dreamily, dreamily uh, doubting. Rhoda, Rhoda at the door, not even opening. And what it says to me about faith is it's not the amount of faith that you have as much as you're acting on the faith that you have. It's not so much the size of your faith, but the source where that faith is placed, in whom that faith is placed. And again, acting on it, acting on it, not just the amount of it. The church didn't have enough, didn't have much faith, but they had enough faith to pray. Simon Peter didn't have much faith in, in following, but he had enough faith to follow. Uh, Rhoda uh, didn't have a whole lot of faith in, in opening, but she had enough faith. She had enough faith to open. Uh, and, and the verse that, that begs our attention through this entire story, kind of three parts, three vignettes uh, of this entire story, uh, 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 the church and then uh, the apostle and then, then the damsel, uh, is when Christ said in Matthew 17, if ye have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, and ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. And nothing 
shall be impossible unto you. Is everybody with me so far? I, I went and got mustard seed. Uh, just to get a comparative on, on, and it's yellow mustard seed. I think the mustard seed there was even smaller. And uh, this is a bottle of two ounces of 60 grams of, uh, of mustard seed. And depending on the sources that you check, uh, uh, the size, there's 1,500 at least mustard seed inside of this bottle. And so he didn't say if your faith is the size of a bottle of mustard seed. He didn't say that. Uh, he said, well, just dropped a mountain. Uh, and he said, uh, if your faith is the size of just one mustard seed, uh, mountain-moving faith, I wonder how big a mountain-moving faith is. Boy, if I spill it, we'll never retrieve all of that. Uh, uh, and, and so uh, a mountain-moving faith, I can almost see the Lord, and uh, uh, you're not going to be able to see I got one mustard seed, and it's hard for me to, uh, it, it almost disappears inside of my pudgy fingers. But, but uh, I can almost see the Lord holding up a mustard seed and said, it's not about the size of your faith. It's not about how, uh, boy, if I just had more faith and more faith, if I just had a greater amount of faith. No, no, no. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, and I can almost see in the background a mountain that he's referencing. That mountain that he's referencing, and he says, boy, this is the size of faith you need, and if you have this size of faith, then you're going to be able to say to that mountain, uh, that mountain behind us, see how small this is? See how big that is? Nothing shall be impossible. Uh, nothing shall be impossible uh, unto you. Hey, all you need to do is act on this amount uh, of faith. I, I was really struggling on, is this 1,500 or is it 3,000? And so we're going to count how many seeds there are anyway. Uh, uh, but, but there's at least enough here to to move the whole Appalachian Trail, all of those mountains in here, uh, the, the, the Rockies of Colorado, there's enough faith, uh, the size of it. Uh, and a lot of times we get that verse inverted, we, we think, boy, if you have faith the size of a mountain, you'll be able to say to this mustard seed, <laughs> be moved. We get it backwards. We get it backwards. God doesn't say, you need to have a mountainous faith to do this minuscule thing. Hey, if you have this minuscule faith and act on it, uh, and act on it, uh, this minuscule faith and, and act on it, you'll be able to say to this mountain, be thou removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. None of them had a great amount of faith. None of them had a great amount of faith, but all of them acted on the faith that they did have. Is anyone seeing that at all? None of them had a great amount of faith, but all of them were acting on the faith. Yes, they placed it in the Lord. Uh, yes, the recipient of that faith, they weren't having faith in themselves, faith in their strength, faith in their uh, intellect, faith in their, their planning, faith in their, their ability, faith in their, their finances. They weren't having faith in that. Uh, their, their, the amount of faith that they had, they placed all of that faith in God, in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and then God did the miraculous. Put down point number one, the church. The church had enough faith to pray. Not a whole lot of faith. <laughs> they didn't have a whole lot of faith in prayer, but they had enough faith to pray. Look at verse number five again. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God 
for him. Enough faith to pray, but not a whole lot of faith. They didn't have a whole lot of faith that God was going to answer that prayer because when Rhoda said, hey, God answered your prayer, they're saying, oh, no, he didn't. Let us keep praying. He didn't answer our prayer. and It's not, it's not Simon Peter. In fact, they thought the probability was greater that it was Simon Peter's angel at the door than that God answered their prayer. Is anyone with me at all? I'm telling you, they didn't have a great amount of faith, but they had enough faith to pray. They had enough faith to go to the Lord. They had enough faith to, to call on Him. And if you have that amount of faith, listen, you have enough faith. I think about Mark chapter 9, where uh, the man that uh, had a son that uh, had a dumb spirit in verse number 17, verse number 18, and he uh, describes it as uh, that it, it taketh him and teareth him, and that demon foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, pineth away, and uh, they brought him to Christ, verse 21. Uh, he asked the father, how long ago has this uh, been since it came on him? And he said, I'm a child, 22. Oft times uh, it hath cast him into the fire, into the waters, to destroy him, self-destructor. But uh, if, thou, if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us uh, and help us. 23, don't miss this, 23. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Lord, I believe it's not a mountain-sized faith that I have. Uh, in fact, I may even have a mountain-sized doubt, but I have enough faith. Faith as the grain of a mustard. Hey, I have enough faith to pray. I have enough faith to pray. And when you have enough faith to pray, you have enough faith. Because next verse in Mark chapter 9, verse number 25, Jesus rebuked. Uh, the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him. Enter no more into him. Uh, and the spirit cried, rent him sore, and came out of him. And uh, he was as uh, one dead, insomuch that many said, Is he dead? Uh, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. He had enough faith to pray, enough faith to come to the Lord. Uh, he had enough faith to seek out Christ. Uh, he had enough faith to ask Christ uh, to heal him. Uh, and when you have that amount of faith, Boy, you have enough faith to move a mountain. And so the church, the church had enough faith to pray. The church, uh, put down number two, the apostle. Uh, the church didn't have much faith, but they had enough faith to pray, and that was enough. Uh, the apostle didn't have uh, much faith, but, but the apostle had enough faith to follow. Uh, look at verse number uh, eight, uh, verse five. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. Verse 8, angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind thy sandals. And so he does, saith unto him, Cast thy garments about to follow me. And he uh, went out and followed him. And wist not, wist not, that it was true which was done by the angel. He wasn't praying. He wasn't uh, believing. He was in disbelief. But, but thought he saw a, a vision. Peter wondering, dreamily doubting, not sure what was going on, but followed the Lord anyway. Followed God's leading anyway. He didn't let his doubts detain him right up here. He didn't let his doubts detain him, keep him in that prison. The angel trying to lead him out, those shackles maybe still on the ground, that, that angel walking out, that gate still opening, but, but Simon, my doubts, my doubts, my doubts, uh, my doubts are so big. He didn't let his doubts detain him. He let that small amount of faith that he had 
fuel him. I think a lot of Christians today could write themselves into the story, whether it's a uh, being held captive by an addiction or a problem or a situation, and, and um, uh, uh, they're still in their cell because they're letting their doubts detain them. They're letting their doubts cripple them. Uh, they're letting their doubts. Hey, we need to doubt our doubts uh, and believe our beliefs. Hey, we need to doubt our doubts. And, and Simon Peter did that when he said, uh, okay, I'm doubting. I, I don't really get this. I don't believe this. I, I think I'm dreaming. I, I, I think I'm seeing a vision. Uh, I'm, I'm going to follow anyway. I'm going to follow anyway. Uh, but so many of us, would, it would be said, and they, they spent the rest of their life in the cell. For Peter, it would have been catastrophic for Peter. He was going to uh, be sawn asunder the next day. Uh, for Peter, uh, he would have died uh, in his doubts because uh, Herod was going to come and kill him that next day. Uh, but when God nudged him, God nudged him, by faith he followed. Not much faith. Not much faith, but he had enough faith. Uh, not much faith, but he had enough faith when God nudged him to follow nonetheless. Boy, when God nudges you to teach a class, when God nudges you to give over and above the tithe, when God nudges you to hand out that tract, when God nudges you to step out, to step out and to do more, hey, when God nudges you, do you let your doubts detain you? Shackle you? Imprison you? Or, like Simon Peter, he didn't have a whole lot of faith, but he had enough faith to follow uh, the church didn't have a whole lot of faith, but they had enough faith to pray. Uh, by the way, the nature of faith isn't that we have no doubts at all. In fact, Romans chapter 8, verse number 24 uh, says uh, we're saved by hope, hope, faith, faith, same hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Faith that is seen is not faith. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet have faith in it? Uh, and the nature of faith is there's always going to be some doubts. There's always going to be some doubts. And a man of great faith isn't someone that doesn't have any doubts. It's someone that moves forward on their faith regardless of their doubts. A man of great faith, a, 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 a mountain-moving faith, an irrational amount of faith is, is, is just the size of a mustard seed. That's all. Uh, that's all. By tithing over and above the tithe, uh, giving to missions, giving to building, teaching a class, teaching a small group, getting involved in discipleship. Uh, handing out a track and uh, making sure my testimony is known and uh, be ready always to, to give an answer to those that ask of the hope that, that dwelleth in you. Uh, doing that, boy, uh, I don't know that I have enough faith. I don't know that I have enough faith. It's not about the amount of faith you have, but are you acting on the faith that you do have? It, it's worth noting that the confidence didn't come until after Simon Peter followed. Uh, look at it in verse number 9. He went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but, but thought he saw a vision. Uh, when they were past the first and second wards, uh, they came under the, the, the inner gate, lead to the city, opened by uh, own accord, and uh, verse 11, when Peter was, was come to himself, it was after he got out, uh, after he followed, uh, after he followed every step of the way, 
uh, doubting, yes. Uh, thinking he's seeing a vision, yes. And uh, not really believing or praying, yes. But, but, but when Peter was come to himself, after he followed, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod. Uh, not a lot of faith in prayer, but enough faith to pray, the church. Not a, a whole lot of faith in following, but enough faith to follow. Uh, faith. Faith is all about uh, not do I feel like I have a large amount, but are you acting on the faith? Uh, let me give you the third one, quickly. Uh, number one, the church didn't have a whole lot of faith, but enough faith to pray. Uh, the apostle uh, didn't have a whole lot of faith, but had enough faith to follow. <laughs> Put down the damsel. Uh, the girl uh, didn't have a whole lot of faith, but she had enough faith to receive. Enough faith to receive. When she knew Peter's voice, verse 14, she opened not the gate for gladness. Uh, if she had a whole lot of faith that God was going to answer that prayer, uh, she would have left that gate propped open. Is anyone with me this morning? Uh, she would have had cookies and milk waiting for him right there. And uh, he, she would have put out that welcome mat. Hey, hey, welcome home, Simon Peter. Welcome home. If she had a great amount of faith, uh, but she didn't have a great amount of faith. She had a great amount of doubt. But eventually, hey, they moved forward in the faith they had. Uh, he moved forward in the faith he had. She moved forward in the faith that she had. The church. Not a whole lot of faith in prayer, but enough faith to pray. Peter, not a whole lot of faith in following, but he had enough faith to follow. The damsel uh, didn't have a whole lot of faith in, uh, in receiving that, that answer, but, but, but she had enough faith. She had enough faith to, to finally let him in. I, I think about Matthew where it says, Ask and it shall be given you. The church was asking, Seek and ye shall find uh, she finally was seeking Simon. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Simon Peter uh, was knocking. For uh, everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that uh, knocketh it shall be opened. For uh, what man is there of you? If the son ask him bread, shall he give him a stone? Or uh, if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask? Acts chapter 12. Boy, if it was personalized to us, uh, would we have followed? Would we have prayed? And would we have received? When God nudges your heart, would we have followed? Uh, would we have prayed? And would we have received? It's not the amount of your faith that makes it mountain moving. It's your acting on that faith that makes it mountain moving. Because we don't have faith in faith. We have faith in God. It's not about having faith in faith. Boy, our faith will falter. Our faith will be flimsy at times. Hey, our faith won't, won't be a firm foundation. Hey, we don't have faith in our faith. We have faith in our Father. Faith in our God who never changes. I was preaching it in Fishersville Bible conference a, a while back, talking about um, uh, our, our faith shouldn't be in our faith, our faith should be in our Father, our Father, uh, the character of God. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful, He's just, 
Uh, we spend more time wondering if we confessed it right. Did I confess it? Did I say it right? Did I mean it? Do I need to do it again? Uh, was I sincere about that confession? Uh, we spend more time focusing on ourselves than we do on the Father who's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There was a retired pastor in the front row that started getting happy, if you know what I'm talking about. I mean, engaged, and he just started nodding his head and started, no, amen. Not loud and uh, not drawing attention, but just, man, he was connecting. He was connecting. He was connecting as I uh, was talking about uh, where our, our faith is in the Father. Our faith is in, in God. Uh, it's not faith in how we said something, faith in uh, how we worded something. It's not faith in our faith. Uh, and, and afterwards, he came up to me and he said, you probably noticed that, that I was connecting at the end, and I, I said, yeah, tell me about that. He said, uh, um, uh, when I was saved, he said, I always doubted my salvation. Um, uh, even in Bible college, I struggled uh, studying for the ministry, studying Bible. I uh, uh, would go through it again and again and again and, and call on the Lord again and again and uh, uh, try to trust Christ again and uh, have people explain it to me. And I, I just always doubted until uh, one preacher was in town and I waited to ask him a question. I needed to get that thing settled. Uh, and, and he waited until everyone was gone. He said it was about an hour and a half before he freed up to ask the question about uh, doubting his salvation. And uh, the preacher said, well, do you realize you were a sinner? Absolutely. That you can't make it to heaven on your own? Absolutely. The, the penalty of our sin is separation from God eternal. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that Jesus Christ, the gospel, death, burial, and resurrection, hey, that's the gospel. Uh, and did you call on and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? He said, yes, absolutely. Uh, he said, but I still doubt. He said, what you're going through is, is much like a, a bride. Uh, and the church is the bride of Christ. Uh, a bride, after the husband has wooed her, dated her, won her, proposed to her, uh, planned this wedding for her, uh, spent money to accommodate, uh, and on that wedding day, that, 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 that bride or that, that, that uh, 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 engaged lady walking the aisle and about halfway down saying, Hey, can, are you really going to marry me? And am I really married? And did I really say I do? And was I sincere when I said that? And, and, and that groom would say, boy, of course we're getting married. Of course we are. Hey, I'm the one that, that paid for it and wooed you and dated you and proposed to you. I even got down on one knee and, and asked you and, and I want you. And you know that's true. Boy, us doubting, us doubting, us doubting is not about us doubting him, it's basically us not even thinking about him. It's us focusing on, on us. And so if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you say, well, I, I think I might have. I'm not sure that I did it right or not. I'm not trying to convince you you're saved. In fact, if you don't know, if you're doubting now, Charlene was 14 when her parents told her at seven that, oh, you've already done that. You've gotten baptized. Seven years old, you, you were saved. You got baptized. But when she was 14, she was doubting. She was doubting, did I? I don't remember that. I'm not sure that I, that I really understood that. And, uh, and whether she was saved at seven or 14, I'm glad she bowed her head again and said, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know without you, I deserve to go to hell, but I trust you, Jesus, as my Savior. I place all of my faith in what you did on the cross. Come into my heart, forgive my sins, and save me. Boy, if you ask her today, 
um, were you saved at 7 or were you saved at 14? She would say, well, I'm not real sure. It may have been 7, but I sure am glad that I made for sure when I was 14. And since then, I've focused on Him, not on me. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.